welcome to Hour of Devastation, a weekly Magic the Gathering podcast where we talk all things Magic the Gathering. I'm your host, Joe Loudon, and with me as always is Sam Neil. Hiya. How are you doing, Sam? I am very tired. Cool, me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been a very long day. I yeah. was in London yesterday, uh, which, as someone who doesn't live in London, is absolutely knackering. It yeah. was really hot, and I had to get on the tube, and I went to tourists around. And it was, uh, I mean, we did a lot of cool stuff. Like, we saw the Frida Kahlo exhibit that's at the Vienna. Oh, nice. Cool. Which is really sweet. Uh, and we had a lot of good food. But it was a lot of walking and a lot of getting onto really busy, warm tubes. And yeah, like, as much as <clears> I love <throat> the convenience of the tube, it is mm. disgusting. Oh, it's absolutely horrible. Like, like, I had to stand, you know, the, like, the windows between the carriages were like, yeah. were, like, when they put them down to get ventilation. I was just standing in front of that, just trying to get, get some kind of, like, breeze on my face. It doesn't really get ventilation, though. It just brings in, like, dirt and uh, yeah, yeah it's know. like proper gross. Yeah. It's, it's so disgusting, like yeah. <laughs> genuinely um, horrifically disgusting. Like, I I do love the convenience of it. Like I don't go to London that often, but when I do, like the tube is great for convenience. But yeah, it's it's just gross, really gross. Yeah, just, just every time we got off, so we got off the tube and like got back onto street level, um, my partner just looked at me like. Do you, you just feel disgusting? I'm like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just like all my paws are gone. You, you look like, at your hands and your hands are just like black with dirt. Like, Yeah, like I stumbled a bit and like put my hand like between, like, so out, out that window, like the ventilation window. Yeah. And I pulled it back and it was just like black. <laughs> I was like, oh my god. It's just so gross. Mm. Um, but yeah, between that, like, uh, and I've had like a, a 12 hour day at work. Uh, so it's been, I'm just quite tired. Yeah, I bet. And I've got to go do an airport run as soon as we finish recording this podcast. So uh, it's been a long day for me. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, I'm not, you know, I'm okay. Sweet, <laughs> good. Yeah, I, I'm all right. Um, and same, like, just just tired. I managed to play some magic this weekend, so that makes a nice change. Holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> it's a miracle. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so obviously it was store championships this weekend. Saturday there was a draft store championship that a total of five people turned up to so we did a, a five person wow. draft for 19 and it was uh, uh, I mean it was a five person draft of 19 that's uh, I mean if M19 wasn't bad enough by itself yeah yeah I think it was just kind of like bad foresight by like the store that booked the event mm-hmm. um, and yeah like drafting that set with less than eight people is is even worse than drafting it with eight people uh, yeah. I did pretty horrendously like I ended up coming last but I think my deck was kind of solid but I think my problem was that I'd kind of focused on playing like a, a more sort of solid two colour deck than the rest of the people who were playing like kind of loose three colour decks but with more sort of powerful cards generally mm-hmm. sure you're going for more streamlined approach but just yeah. lacking some power yeah pretty much so like I like pack one pick from the Vine Mare and then ended up building this kind of like what I thought hey it was probably going to be good enough like just Vine Mare Enchantment's deck was just going to suit up with Vine Mare and see what happened uh, I picked up a Demon Catastrophes as my pack three pick two as well sweet where I was already in black and I had like two Druid of the Cowls as well so it was like hey maybe I'll be able to cast this on turn three and take a game like that which did mm-hmm. happen admittedly that did happen but yeah it just didn't quite get together, just playing like mediocre green creatures. Sure, yeah, that sounds, doesn't sound great. It, yeah, it wasn't, but yeah, whatever, it happened, it happened. I still got some Planeswalker points, so that's, that's what matters, right? Uh, yeah, I'm all about that EV on the Planeswalker points. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're trying to drag us towards a buy for the GP. <laughs> I mean, just, sure. If, you, if you're doing that by going to, uh, like, 
tournaments real LGS, I think it's probably not the best way to go about it. I mean, it's got a three times multiplier on the uh, store championship. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, that's reasonable. Uh, and then, obviously, Sunday, I played in the standard store championship, which mm-hmm. had a considerably better turnout. Uh, and I did still just as mediocre, to be honest. Yeah. I ended up going 2 2 in that. Uh, I lost in the first round against Zombies, which mm-hmm. I just was not expecting. Like, I kind of like my deck was prepared for like <clears throat> Teferi decks and like Turbo Fog and Chain Whirlers and stuff. And instead, it was no turn one, I'll play a one mana 2 2, and then turn two, I'll play two one mana 2 2s and just. Just beat down while I'm drawing land. Like it was, uh, was not great. Yeah, see, I, I guess that's sort of the beauty of store championships, right? Yeah. So you tend to get a lot of people who just bring in like a fun deck that they want to play. Yeah, and totally. Then, and then your like tier one tuned deck has no like has no interest in being it. Yeah, yeah. It was like I totally tuned for the meta. I, the, like if I'd played against like the Turbo Fog decks that were there or like the control decks were there, I mm-hmm. feel like I would have done considerably better. But yeah, round one against zombies, I'm like, right, I'm, my deck is not prepared for this in any way. Like I'm gonna make some thopters to chump with until I get swarmed by zombies. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, and then round two, I played against zombies yep. again. Same thing happened again, but in like game two, my opponent went turn one duress, turn two. Duress, turn three, duress. Like, all right, <laughs> great, yeah. And taking like my metallic rebuke, Khan, and uh, inspiring statue. Yeah, that seems like, like oh, a well, pretty bad being. Yeah, so kind of nothing I could do there. Kind of just felt really disheartened to lose against zombies twice. And we're the only two people playing zombies as well. <laughs> <laughs> you got paired against both of them. Yeah, yeah. Talking to the other people I was there with, and they were like, "Oh, I played against Turbo Fog, and I got crushed." And I'm like, "Ah, oh, what I would have, what I would have done to be in your your position." <laughs> uh, and then round three, I played against uh, green. It was green white cats, but it had like a Johnny and like a load of life gain stuff. A Johnny's and, uh, a cat. Yeah, totally. And I was like, oh well, I guess I guess I'm in the green white cat bracket now. And <laughs> given the fact I've just lost to two zombies decks, I'm probably going to lose to this. Uh, yeah. So in game one, the cats deck just starts gaining loads and loads and loads of life. Uh, they end up with like 67 life, and I'm like, oh okay, fine. I'm on like 17 life. Great. I like. I can't win. Let's see what happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I top deck a uh, a Brawl's expertise. Play the Brawl's expertise to bounce some of their their creatures to give me an extra turn and put into play the Flux Reservoir that's in my hand. So I've got two out on the board now. And then the next turn I draw a commit to memory and end up just going off and <laughs> ended up gaining like over a hundred life that turn. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So it was uh, it was pretty good, and then yeah, I managed to win that one. Uh, and then in round four, I played against um, like blue black mid range and just stomped all over it. Sure, so you played an actual deck. Played against yeah, actual tuned meta deck and just just wrecked it. Yeah, I mean, I could uh, I could feel the salt coming through the the messages that you sent me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> playing this tournament, like you know, just trying to enjoy my time in London and just getting even. Oh, I lost the zombies again. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty, pretty bad beats. Yeah, it yeah, kind of was just both. Yeah, both rounds. It was like yeah, all all four games that were played. It was turn one, play a one mana two two. All right, just great. <laughs> and like, I don't really do anything until turn three of my deck. Mm-hmm. So by that point, like, I've already lost a considerable amount of my life. And then the Liliana's Masteries come out, and yeah, it wasn't great. But still, it was you know had some fun. Got to play some Paper Magic, which makes it, it makes a change from all the Magic Online I've been playing. Yeah, that's a luxury for you, right? Yeah. Like Definitely. interacting with human beings and actually holding pieces of cardboard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think I think I did enjoy it. I think I, I have been feeling a bit sort of down on magic recently in the past couple of weeks, really. Which all in all, yeah, I feel like I'm 
in a, a little bit of a better place. Sweet, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, uh, play basically no magic. <laughs> <laughs> Just been keeping up to date with spoilers. Yeah. Uh, yeah I hung out with uh, my pal Tom on Friday. Sweet. We played two games of Legacy. Nice. Uh, where I'm playing main deck Planeswalkers in my Maverick deck. Okay. Uh, so I'm playing a Nissa Vital Force and a Gideon Alexander card. Ooh, nice. And yeah, we play <laughs> just play two games. Um, and he's playing Grixis Control. Okay. Uh, it turns out if you have Turn One Cavernous Last Naming Human, <laughs> <laughs> and then proceed to cast some Planeswalkers when he doesn't have a Force of in hand, you win those games. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. Yeah, and then we played some board games. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then I've just been like messing about with the Commander decks as per usual. Cool. Which is sort of what I do. Yeah, I've been. Vastly keeping up with the spoilers as well. Like, yeah. Ravnica looks really sweet. We're getting closer to the pre release. Mm-hmm. Very excited. Yeah, like uh, every day, like just some of the spoilers, they're, just, they're either very powerful cards that I'm actually excited for and constructed. Yeah. Uh, cool limited cards, or just, you know, by that I mean cards with Convoke, um, or like really flavorful, like really cool, like well designed cards. Yeah, definitely. It definitely does look like a very well designed set. Like, we. Obviously, still haven't had the full set spoiled yet, but mm-hmm. it looks and feels like a Ravnica set. Absolutely. With like both the flavour and power level of the cards. Yeah, it's really, really cool. Like they've managed to, because I mean, there's a, there was sort of worry about like how they're gonna like define the guilds again because they've already had yeah you know two two whole blocks where they've tried to define the guilds and like what they can do. But like all the mechanics they've done so far and the cards that are in the guilds feel very much like part of those guilds. Like all the Demir cards feel very Demir. Yeah, definitely. Um, the Izzard card really feel very Izzard I mean yeah they're just stupid <laughs> and the, the Celestia cards were just dumb creatures yeah. so <laughs> that's exactly what we want from a Ravnica set sure sure yeah it's pretty cool so speaking of Ravnica sets mm. shall we do another return to Ravnica Cracker Pack this week yeah let's yeah. get yeah I kind of just <laughs> really enjoy opening up these return to Ravnica packs um, sure <laughs> <laughs> like I'd, I'd much rather open one of them than a 19 pack at this point to be honest oh yeah I mean we were like we, we only have like what, three weeks left of that draft format anyway yeah. and there are no tournaments for it so who cares yeah exactly like even like prize boosters I got my prize boosters for uh, store championships and I chose mm-hmm. to take uh, battle one boosters instead if I'm, if I'm 19 that's like a better call though there's actually some value in that set, yeah right? definitely yeah did you, uh, get, did you get any value? Or? No, I did not. I got a, a luxury suite and a Sower of Temptation. I think luxury suite's worth some money. Yeah, maybe. I'll, I'll take them off you. Uh, we'll see. I we'll like, see. like those cards. They're really good commander. Like They're the best dual lands for commander. I mean, surely just the dual lands are the best dual lands for commander. All right. Well, someone that can't afford any more <laughs> after they already have four Savannas. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, yeah, it's actually like worth like eight or nine bucks. Hey, it's better than nothing. I'm yeah. quite happy with the Sora Temptation though because I did need one for Cube so that solves that problem sweet but yeah let's right. get on with our Return of Africa pack this week yeah let's go maybe we'll open a, a foil Shockland no but they're, they're worth quite less than they were like last week yeah, that's true yeah. uh, so first up we have Eyes in the Skies that's three and white for an instant put a 1-1 one, one white bird creature token with flying on the battlefield and then populate no yeah I agree it's fast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, after that, we have Survey the Wreckage. That's four and a red for a sorcery. Destroy target land. Put a 1 1 red goblin creature token on the battlefield. That's worse. It is <laughs> even worse than the eyes in the skies. I've been no for that as well. Yep. Uh, next up, we've got Axe Bane Stag. That is six and a green for a 6 7 elk. 
Well, that's the pick so far. Yeah, I agree. It's definitely not going to end up being the overall pick, or at least I hope not. It could be. But it's, uh, <laughs> I think it's certainly better than those other two cards there. <clears throat> yep. After that, we have a Deviant Glee. That is one black for an enchantment. Enchant creature. This gets plus two, plus one, and has red. This creature gains Tample until end of turn. Mm, I think it's probably better than the stag, but Jesus, we've taken that, then this draft's not the starter. So. Yeah, I, I agree. I think... I think by default I would probably hmm I don't know I feel like Deviant Glee is probably more playable yeah I mean I think by default you probably take the Rakdos card right <laughs> uh yeah I think so I'm not happy about it but yeah I think so you sure okay, well so next up then we have Goblin Electromancer seeing a reprint mm-hmm. is blue red for a 2-2 Goblin Wizard instant sorcery spells you cast cost one less to cast uh, I think this is far too difficult to build around. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm taking the Glee still, I think. Yeah, I, I agree there. Like, It's much more of a constructed card, and like, mm-hmm. I think it's just a two-mana 2-2, two, two really, most of the time in Limited. Which is quite difficult to cast. Yeah. Cool. So next up we have Common Bond. That is one green-white for an instant. Put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature. Put a plus one plus one counter on target creature. Uh, I'm taking this card because it's the last name. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think, yeah, this is probably okay. Ugh, God, these are some really boring cards. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I'm taking it so far, but God, I hope it's me back as well. Yeah, me too. Uh, I think I'm still on the Deviant Glee, but I, yeah, they're probably equally as good and or bad. Mm-hmm. Cool, this next one's probably a bit better. Uh, next up we have Selesnia Guildgate. Three, gate enters the battlefield tap to tap so green or white yep taking it great yep I agree as well I think that's the, the pick at this point just take the fixing yeah next up we have Grim Roustabout that is one in the black for a 1-1 one, one, Skeleton Warrior which has Unleash so you may have it enter the battlefield with a plus one plus one counter on it it can't block as long as it has plus one plus one counter on it it can pay one in the black to regenerate it uh no yeah this is not about the go you no, know, I, I don't think it's that good. Um, yeah, the Guildgate is just the better place I want to start a draft off, I think. Yeah, I agree. Cool. Next up, we have Towering Indrik. That is three and a green for a 2-4 beast with reach. Um, no, it's still pretty worse than the fixing. Yeah, probably. Like, it's just probably going to come back on the wheel if we pass this. Um, yeah. And at that point, I think we'd know whether or not we're going to be in green, which I assume mm-hmm. we will be, because we've got that fixing. But yeah, I yeah. think I'd rather take the Gilgate over this. Yeah, Cool, next up we have a Rune Wing. That is three and a blue for a 2-2 bird. It has flying, and when it dies, draw a card. Um, It's okay. Yeah, it's fine. Like I am almost inclined to take it, just because it's a 2-2 flyer that draws you a card. Mm-hmm. Like drawing a card's the best thing you can do in Magic, so that's Correct. it's pretty good. And Slesnia Gilgate doesn't tap for blue, so it's <laughs> probably the worst of the lands. Jeez, all right. <laughs> no, no, like Ragdoss Gilgate's the worst. Got to disagree there. It's Ragdoss. It's disgusting. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm still taking the Gilgate. I think. Probably. Yeah, yeah, probably. Probably, I think. I think I might hedge my bets on the rune wing but I think Gilgate is probably the right pick sure cool so we come to our first of the uncommons and it is Call of the Conclave that is green and a white 
for sorcery. Put a 3-3 green centaur creature on the <coughs> battlefield. Um, I don't... Mm, I don't know. That's, this is one of, like, the better Solesnia cards, I think. Yeah, quite possibly. But, I don't know, just a 2 minute 3-3. Three, three. It's, I mean, it's it's above eight, but it's you not commit, great, you is it? Colors, the problem. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I'm off it because you just like, I don't want to commit that early to green white for like something so mediocre. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm just taking the Gilgate because it makes casting these kinds of cards easier like, uh, later when you pick them up. Yeah, I think you're right there. So I'm probably staying on my rune wing as well. I think. Mm-hmm. Next up, we have Street Spasm. That is X red for an instant. Street Spasm deals X damage to target creature without flying. You don't control. Or you can overload it for XX Red Red. Uh, okay, so it's like a reasonable removal spell. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I think I like that. I think I probably like it the best so far. Yeah, I think so. Like, obviously, X Red is a pretty decent cost. I think for like yeah. removal. Like, if you draw that at any point in the game, you'd be fairly happy. I think. Yeah, like I'm willing to pay five to do four something at instant speed. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's some sort of, I think I'm, I think I'm, I mean, like, uh, I mean, if you remember overloading it, you probably win the game anyway, right? Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, I think I'll take Street, street Spasm. Yeah, I, th- I think I agree there as well, definitely. Mm-hmm. Cool. So we come to a last uncommon. We have Blood Fray Giant. That is oh. two and two red for a 4 3 giant with trample and unleash. Uh, I don't think it's bad with Street Spasm. Yeah, I agree. Like, I I don't think it's that bad. Like, I mean, you're pretty much always going to unleash it, so it'll be like a four mana five four trample. Mm-hmm. But yeah, even then, I think like street spasm is just just going to deal with it quite easily. Like, if you face down against that. Yeah. 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 I think street spasm is probably the sensible choice here. Yeah. Uh, we come to our rare, and it is it's palisade giant. It's four white white for a two seven giant soldier. All damage that will be dealt to you or another permanent you control is dealt to Palisade Giant instead. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's six mana two seven. Yeah. Ugh. It's not great. I think Street Spasm is probably gonna be the pick. I used to own so many Palisade Giants. Oh wow. I just felt like I opened so many of them. I think I now own a total of one Palisade Giant. <laughs> <laughs> sure, like, I mean, like, I think, no, it's, I wasn't, like, specking on Palisade Giants. I, sure. <laughs> I, I just opened a crap ton of them and then just left it, left, left in, uh, lived in a fat, fat box for yeah. ages until I shipped them in to a vendor at GP. But yeah, I just remember seeing this art so much. Yeah. I just got really sad. I hate this card because I've seen this <laughs> um, Sweet, uh, yeah, I'm taking the removal spell. Yeah, same. Removal <laughs> spell is the way to go. Oh, we do mm-hmm. get a really nice ooze token in the pack in that pack as well. Oh, I really like the ooze token. It's really nice, yeah. They're really good. Cool. Sweet. Cool. So that is, yeah, RTR done for now. Um, I mean, we don't really have any reason to be cracking those packs other than we you like it. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty cool. Uh, we don't have obviously we don't have any Guild of Ravnica packs yet, but the earliest opportunity we will have, we're definitely going to get some packs to open. Absolutely, I'm really forward. excited to see how this limits, limits at, like, Pantel. Yeah, I really can't wait. But until then, uh, do you want to talk about some constructive cards? Yeah, let's go for it. So yeah, I think like instead of doing a card of the week, we'll do like a few cards of the week, because... Yeah, um, we've got sort of five cards, I guess, really, that we're going to talk about a little bit more in depth. Mm-hmm. So we've got like a few big ones that like sort of everyone's talking about at the moment. We want to give our 
tepid take on them. Um, and then like a couple that we just think are interesting. Yeah, um, definitely. So I guess I'm gonna kick it off with like my favorite card in the set by sure. far, <clears throat> which is the Knight of Autumn. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I picked the Lightning card. So this is uh, one green white for a two-one dry at night. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, choose one. So put two on one counters on it. Destroy target artifact enchantment or gain four life. Yeah, I can imagine why this would be your your favorite card in the set. Yeah, it's cards bananas. It's cards are really good. So it's just uh, strictly better than Reclamation Sage. Yeah. Uh, which is already a um, modern staple, like sideboard wise, um, and in like just in green decks. Um, and so, so sure, it's like slightly harder to cast. And isn't an uh, elf. Uh, and isn't an elf. <laughs> can you imagine if this was a human? Ooh. I've just thought that. <laughs> yeah. That'd be disgusting. Yeah, I'm glad that's um, not a human. Yeah, so so like so reclamation stage is also seen playing like green suns in his decks in, in Legacy. Yeah. Um so as someone that plays Green White Company decks and uh Green White Maverick in Legacy <laughs> <clears throat> I'm very excited about this card. So I think this is probably gonna be like so it's it's, it's main deckable enchantment and artifact hate. Yeah. Because the fact that like worst it's a three mana four three. Yeah. Um and like does a pretty good uh Kitchen Pink's impression. Yeah. Um, and just having all those things like a main deck card that you can like uh, collect a company or like call of calling into yeah. is really really powerful so um, I think it's probably going to be like a, like a two or three on the main deck of, of those decks yeah definitely and I don't think that's like actually there's some cards you're like oh this is probably like good enough and like people test it out it's like this is just going to straight go into those decks yeah, if nothing else it's going to take up the reclamation side uh, reclamation sage spot in the yeah. sideboards um, and then in like Legacy, I'm just going to put one of these in my Maverick deck because you're playing a toolbox deck anyway. Yeah. Um, and you often put, like, so you play Kasali Pride Mage. I'm not sure this is better than Kasali Pride Mage because the fact that it's a, a two drop with Exalted is, like, really, really important. Yeah, I guess so. But I think, obviously, you do have more. I don't know. I feel like you've got a bigger sort of scope with this. Like, mm-hmm. it, this kind of is just, just a, a toolbox. Like, the card itself is kind of like just a, a toolbox card. Like, it yeah, does so many good. different things, and yeah, because yeah. you get to um, so if you put it in a cold calling deck, you can it, it can be like your reclamation sage card yeah. uh, and your kitchen things type card. Yeah, because um, obviously, I mean, kitchen things is slightly better because you know it gets two blocks in as well as gaining four life. Yeah, but the fact that this is so versatile and can can just like so in, like against burn, for example, um, having a main deck kitchen things is pretty great because you can you know block two goblin guides and gain four life. Yeah. But like this can also be suitable to blow up an Eidolon. Yeah. Uh, and or can just be a four three and just block their creatures away. Yeah, four three is a fine body. Yeah, that, that's the thing. Cause, like when you when you want to shoot it for it, it's really good because it has the the versatility of the the second two options. Uh, and when you draw it, you can just cast a three mana four three, which is yeah. probably very reasonable. Yeah, I uh, think so. I'm yeah, I'm just really excited about this card, and um, I've already ordered a placer, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Like I saw, there were three euro fifty each, and I was like, yeah, sure, that seems very reasonable to me. Yeah. Um, so I'm really excited about this card, and uh, just the fact that it's a stripped up game to Reclamation Sage, which was sort of the best version of that card we had yeah. ever. Like, do you remember when Harmonics Liver was like the best option <laughs> for like artifacting and enchantment removal? Mm. And this is slightly better than that card. Yeah, I think so. Um, but yeah, I'm just I'm, I'm excited about this new card. Who'd have guessed? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a great card. Like, as much as I'm not particularly a fan of the Slesnia Guild at all, like, I can't deny that. <laughs> yeah, it's just great. It's a great yeah, card. It's, it's going to see a lot of play across multiple formats. 
Yeah, I'm not sure if there's um, a green-white deck in standard currently. I think we sort of know the, the best combination of colors in standard going forward currently. Um, but like the, the support for green-white doesn't seem great currently. Yeah, I mean, I, I I think it's fine. I think there's definitely like like an archetype there, but whether or not it'll be good enough, I think you know, time will tell. Yeah, I guess just like well, casting this on turn two with with the uh, seems okay. Yeah, and then you you know you can have Lyra and stuff. Yeah, I don't. I don't think this is. I mean, this is probably going to be a sideboard card in standard if it does see you know much standard play mm-hmm. because of that sort of destroy target artifact enchantment clause. But yeah, so certainly in other formats, like especially when you can sort of tutor it up nice and easily. Yeah, it's really good. Like I'm really looking forward to playing it, burn like collect company into two of these. Well, saying that, you can find it from militia bugler. Yeah, that's also like a really important thing. Like, yeah, militia bugler is not really seeing any standard play. Currently, I think that will um, change. Yeah, we're saying like it's all over modern currently. Yeah. So I mean, maybe this is one of the cards that makes that. But then I don't know all the three drops. Maybe it's ladder of time. Hmm. Maybe. But yeah, I'm excited to see this for this card. Like it's just objectively good. Um, yeah. So I don't think there's much discussion to be had. <laughs> cool. <clears throat> so I guess yeah. Next up, we go for uh, what I think is quite possibly my favourite card in the set. If we're going for okay. yours. This is a close second <laughs> for me. Uh, so my favourite card in the set is Thief of Sanity, mm-hmm. or Night Surveil Spectre, as uh, as being named. Yeah, I'm really, really glad that got dealt with quickly. <laughs> uh, so it's one blue-black for a creature, it's a spectre, it has flying, it's a 2-2. And when it deals combat damage to a player, look at the top three cards of that player's library, exile one of those cards face down, then put the rest into that player's graveyard. You may look at and cast that card for as long as it remains exiled, and you may spend mana as though it were mana of any colour to cast that spell. Yeah, so Nightvale Spectre just got some steroids and uh, came back. Yeah. Yeah, like, I feel like, like Gondi Lord of Luxury was one of those cards that I didn't play with a lot in Standard, but I really liked the card, I really liked the design of the card, and I felt like that was one of those cards that I was kind of going to miss, I was going to miss, like, it being around. Mm-hmm. So I really like that we kind of get that effect sticking around a bit. Yeah. Uh, um, the fact that it's like it's a 2-2 flyer for 3 as well is absolutely fine. Like, obviously there, uh, like, it's almost like Hypnotic Spectre in that way as well. Like, 3-mana mm-hmm. two, 2-2 two flyer. And yeah, just that ability of being able to, like, you know, essentially mill the top 3 cards, but then you get one that you can just cast at any time. Any colour of mana. It's, it's pretty good. Yeah, like, this seems really pushed. Yeah, I like it. Like, I think this is where, like, why I like it so much it's just really they've so so it's, I mean the reason it was called Night Surveil Spectre is because it's very very similar to Night Vale Spectre right? yeah it is yeah uh, um, but like so Night Vale Spectre wasn't actually that good it just had three pips for either of the version decks you were playing in that standard yeah um, but then like you instantly you, I mean you could play lands with it but the fact that you get to like sort of ponder the top of your opponent's library um, and then you can uh, use mana of any colour yeah. I think is really important because uh, Night Vale Spectre was just you just could play it just, right? yeah, you may play cards exiled with Night Vale Spectre yeah <clears throat> and it's just sure. the top card yeah yeah where this is like a strict strictly better than that and it's easy to cast as well yeah so I think this I think this is I'm not sure like like I said about like um, the Night of Autumn like I'm not sure if we're sort of 
there yet on a playable blue black deck. I mean, how much do we lose from the, uh, from the blue black blue branch deck in standard currently? Uh, a fair amount. So you, you lose the Scarab God, which is a big thing. Um, mm-hmm. Then you lose, yeah, like you lose some of like the counter spells, like Supreme Will and uh, Disallow. Uh, but but yeah, like you still have like yeah, obviously Gearhawk's quite a big big loss for that deck as well, mm-hmm. uh, and some of the. Is uh, one of the lands as well? Mm, yeah, uh, the cycle yeah. land. Yeah, yeah. So uh, what's it called? Uh, I want to say fettered pools. Fettered pools, yeah, maybe. One. Yeah, one. yeah, yeah. Um, so there are. I mean, there's definitely cards that we're losing, but you still like play like storm tamer siren on turn one. Um, search for scanner turn two. Thief of sanity turn three. Hostage taker turn four. Yeah, it's gonna That's be a like, curve. That curve is gonna be brutal. Yeah. And it's gonna win you some games. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think this card's really sweet. Yeah, I like it a lot. Is it modern playable? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> just, just no. Just no. I, I don't think it's good enough for modern play at all. Um, like you, you look at like the other things that you're casting for three modern. modern. Yeah. Like, would you rather cast like would you rather cast this or Geist of Saint Draft? Uh, I think I'd rather cast this. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Um, I could really. I, I, I think Geist is pretty bad. I don't know. And blue white spirits is quite good. Yeah, but that's not good because of that's good because of literally. Uh, what's the two on a card from Sub, uh, Supreme Phantom? Supreme Phantom. Yeah, yeah, it's literally good because of that card. Yeah, because it was absolute crap before, <laughs> <laughs> and then they, they printed a two mana law. I was like, oh, this card, this deck's yeah, busted. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like, Guys in Trapped is only good because it's a spirit. Yeah. Um, I think this card's better than Guys in Trapped currently in the in the like the context of Barton. Yeah, I, I guess so. I mean. What else? What other three mana spells have you got? Uh, my Lilian Vale is probably better yeah. than this card. <laughs> uh, Con Liberated. Uh, yeah, that's that's my favourite turn three play. Yeah. Uh, actually, no, it's my least favourite turn three play, but we won't go that. <laughs> uh, Night of the Relic Yeah, that's probably your favourite turn three play. Uh, no, it's going to be Night of Autumn now. Yeah, I just don't think... I just don't really think it's good enough for modern or like any of the formats really like no, it's probably going to be sweet and cube like it's going to be a really good cube card ooh yeah I would slam this in cube I yeah. think uh, and I am definitely going to be looking forward to playing it in standard mm-hmm. but I don't think it's, it's good enough for modern or, or legacy yeah. or anything like that uh, it's a really sweet it's a really sweet card I mean like this is sort of an example of what I was talking about like at the top of the show like the uh, the, the design of the flavour of the cards yeah like this doesn't even have like the domain mechanic for the set, but it feels so domain. Oh yeah, absolutely. Which is really really sweet. Uh, I like the callback to Nightmare Spectre. Yeah. Uh, it's just it's a really sweet card. I really really like this card. Yeah, I'm, that's one of the things. Like just to kind of go on a bit of a side tangent. Like I am really liking kind of like like the reprints and the callbacks that we're getting. Um, absolutely. Even just like the common and uncommon level. So, yeah, <clears> stuff yeah. like yeah like. We Dragonauts is back. Which is, I'm really looking forward to that. Like yeah, in, in limited, so even like that would be really cool if you can play that in sealed. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Scarlet Legionnaire. I'm so happy that card is back for draft. Speaking of three mana two twos, we're flying. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Yeah. That's a very good card. Absolutely. I mean, Siege Worm. Yep. Yep. That's a bananas limited card. Yeah. Um, yeah, like this set. Just, oh, this set's sweet. Yeah. I think I'm more. I'm more hyped at this stage about this set than I was about Dominaria, where and, and Dominaria has like since become probably my favorite set ever. I don't know if uh, it's quite my favorite set ever, but it's it's definitely up there. Yeah, uh, I think 
I think I'm probably still more. I think I was probably still more hyped about Dominaria than I was than I am sort of Filter Ravnica at this point. Sure. But it feels like like every card, pretty much every card in this is. I don't know. Like I don't, I don't know whether it's. Hmm. I don't know whether it's because we're coming off like the lull that was M19, but it feels mm-hmm. like every card in this has been pushed to a slightly higher power level. Yeah, like I even mean, more so than Dominaria. Sense. Like you, you, obviously, you had that with the the uncommons in Dominaria, but I feel like the commons in this set are even more powerful than the, the Dominaria commons were. Yeah, it feels like they're sort of going back to slightly more powerful. Yeah, uh, like I don't think we're going to get like a Doomblade or um, anything like that a common. Oh no, um, certainly not. No, not like Doomblade, but I mean the fact that like just from like a limited perspective that we have like you know like two lots of uh, uh, guild gates are common, and then we mm-hmm. have the the lockets. It's like the lockets are common as well. Yeah, like that's a pretty nice. So sort of, I guess mana base really on fixing for a limited environment. Absolutely. Yeah, it feels it feels really good. Yeah. Um, and I'm really yeah I'm, I'm really excited to see how this draft format turns out. Yeah, same. Cannot wait. Yeah, but let's move on to another constructor card. Yes. Uh, Raska Golgari Queen. It's a card I'm very excited about. Yeah. Yeah. uh, So this is a four mana planeswalker, two black green. Yep. Starts on foil lower four loyalty. Yep. Uh, Plus two, you may sacrifice another permanent. If you do, you get one life and draw a card. Yep. Minus three, destroy a target non permanent with convert mana cost three or less, and minus nine. You get an emblem with whenever a creature you control does combat damage to a player, that player loses the game. Yeah. So, this is a. I like this card a lot. <laughs> I love it. I think it's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I, I think. Hmm. I think it's it's one of those cards where. I think people are slightly under evaluating it. Yeah, I think so. I, I I don't know. I don't know whether it's people are slightly under evaluating it or I'm over evaluating it, but I, I I just I just think it's it's very good. The fact that it's a four mana planeswalker that essentially it's a four mana six loyalty planeswalker because you're gonna you know you're gonna plus two straight away. Yeah, and I mean it it reminds me of Nahiri in a way. <clears throat> yeah, I think I I, I saw. That you made that comparison to on one of like on one of their groups, or whatever, yeah. and that seems really, really like apt. Yeah. Um. Like yeah, plus one card. Well, not card advantage, but like card. It's not like card selection. It's not technically card advantage. But. Yeah, but even then, like you, you don't like you don't have to. Obviously, with Raska, you may sacrifice another permanent. Like if you do gain a life and draw a card, like great. Like if you need to draw a card, fantastic. Or if you would rather yeah. have the permanent, just mm-hmm. tick her up. Like. She, she'll fast become a threat. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean the the thing with I guess the the thing with the uh, with Nahiri is that plus one like Nahiri's plus one was discard a card yeah. if you do draw a card, right? Yeah. So it's very very similar. Yeah. Um, minus three was a removal. Yes. And Raska has abruptly just abrupt, abrupt decay. decay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the minus the ultimate is just uh, nonsense. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Nahiri was. A better card. I think Nahiri is definitely more powerful because Nahiri's minus ability had a lot more range to it, mm-hmm. and obviously her plus ability worked like really nicely with Madness. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, the, the ultimate she had like made her like a modern flavor of the month. Yeah, I remember Whereas, when Jessica Nahiri was like the most played deck in the format. Yeah, it was. It was that was ridiculous. Really cool. So yeah. I, don't, I don't think Vraska is quite, quite that good. But yeah, I think in this 
this standard environment we're going to see going forward like yeah I think she's going to be a real threat like the fact that it is going to be very easy to tick her up and mm-hmm. she plays nicely with the other Vraska, the Vraska Relic Seeker. Yeah. So the fact that that Vraska comes down on turn six. So at that point, uh, if you're playing everything out on curve, uh, she's going to be on uh, ten loyalty mm-hmm. when the Relic Seeker comes down. So you plus two with the Relic Seeker to make a Pirate of Menace. And then the next turn you ultimate, and then maybe you'll get in for damage for that Menace. Yeah, definitely. Um, I just, I, I love everything about this card. Yeah. So I think it's, I think it's sort of just... Just powerful enough for constructed for, for standard. I think so, yeah. Especially like the complexion of the format, like with um, Assassin's Trophy. Yeah. Um, and we, we seem to be. I mean, maybe we'll cover this like once we've got the full spoiler. But there seems to be a very good black green deck. Yeah, I think like, so. Sort of, sort of formulating um, between all the all the cards we have, um, and I think the art's amazing. Yeah. It's really really cool. Uh, yeah, I think both of the arts are amazing. I think to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the um, the special mythic edition one as well. Oh, we'll uh, get to that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's very nice, but we will get to it. Sure. <laughs> um, uh, and then, like, I, I, I like the, the fact the ultimates are like a callback to original Braska. Yeah. Like Braska the Insane, like making assassins. Yeah. I just think it's very cool, and I think like people, I've seen evaluations of like the, the plus two. So you may sacrifice another permanent. So why would I sacrifice it? Because you can. Yeah, and you can. You can sacrifice land, and I think that's probably good enough. Yeah. In the in the late game, you can definitely draw a card of this. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I think like you just have to like look at what else you can have going on in the deck. Like if you're playing like like if undergrowth turns out to be like a thing, mm-hmm. like you can like you you can play consistently like. If you're playing like a turn one Stitcher Supplier, by turn four when you're dropping a Vraska, that Stitcher Supplier, happily sacrifice that and draw a card. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and like, or you just, if you draw this on turn ten, yeah. just sack a land because it doesn't matter. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm not sure how how useful the minus three is going to be. Because um, I mean, I mean, the fact that it's mana cost three less is sort of too restrictive I think yeah I, I think so uh, I yeah I don't I think it's great but like it's it's. I mean it's probably fine in the early game so if you mm-hmm. do if you do drop it if you you know I, I would assume any deck that is going to be playing Vraska is probably going to play four copies of it so yeah, like even if you're just using it as like a four mana removal spell that your opponent then has to deal with mm-hmm I mean, I, I really want to. I really want to cast this on turn three in standard. Yeah, I think that should be backbreaking. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just with Lana rounds, it's gonna be sweet. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, modern. No, again, no. I don't think she's good enough for modern. Um, no, I you kind of have go... like abrupt decay already. You have Assassin's Trophy, which is probably better than abrupt decay, uh, mm. and then uh, surely there are better four mana sack outlets in modern. Yeah, I mean, like, I kind of want to go Thoughtseize Tom Boy for Lily Vraska. That seems Maybe. pretty sweet. Yeah, that does seem pretty sweet. Yeah, like, you, how are they winning? Uh, Ugin? <laughs> sure. I don't know. Yeah, no, generally, okay, well, yeah, that hmm, seems like it could be a thing. You might, might be honest. It's just, I, think, I think, it, it, like, if the, if the makeup of a deck is, like, 
if it's got the right complexion to it, then yeah. I think going like Thoughtseize into like maybe like Thoughtseize attack Assassin's Trophy for Liliana Nebraska, like they literally I, I don't see a deck coming back from her. Yeah. Like that kind of seems incredibly impressive. Yeah, definitely. And then you just have like so if you use Rascal on turn four as a removal spell, then you just have a consistent um card advantage engine. Yeah. Uh well, not card advantage, but you know what I mean. Yeah, um, I know what you mean. Yeah, um, hmm. and you can sacrifice your own dark confidant to it when you're losing too much life to it. Yeah. So I like this more in like a in, in just like a black green deck rather than like messing about the red elf. Yeah, yeah, rather than playing like playing Abzana or a Jund. Hmm. Yeah, you might so be like, something there. Yeah, with Assassin's Trophy Nebraska, it seems really. I don't know. I, I think. I think. So what the four drops in like black green decks currently are. Siege Rhino or Blood Red Elf, right? And I mean, yeah. Jund and Abzan are basically unplayable currently. Yeah. But I think I like I like it more than both those cards. Uh, yeah, I I think so. Especially with Assassin's Trophy as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think you might actually be onto something there. Yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't be surprised if this started making an appearance just just like because playing a black like playing a rock deck in modern is all about having an absurd curve, right? Yeah. And this is a sweet curve topper. Yeah, definitely. Not kind of deck. I don't know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But yeah, I mean, we'll see, but um, yeah, definitely. Definitely think you might be onto something. Sweet. And it's not even green white. Yeah. <laughs> it's a miracle. Cool. Yeah, I really like this card. Yeah. A lot. Cool. So, moving away from Vasca, uh, next up we'll go to uh, another card which has been. I think it's, I think it's had a, a mixture of strong opinions like Vasca has. Mm hmm. Uh, that would be Mission Briefing. Yes. It is two mana, so it's blue blue for an instant. Surveil two, then choose an instant or sorcery card in your graveyard. You may cast that card this turn. If that card were put into your graveyard this turn, exile it instead. Alright, uh, this card is not as good as you think it is. Can we move on? <laughs> I agree with you 100% there. <clears throat> hey, I mean, like, okay, so. Yeah. We, we have to have this conversation, don't we? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, we. Uh, I mean. We, we know what people look like are excited about this card, right? Yeah. So it looks like Snapcaster Mage, and Snapcaster Mage is objectively great in every format. Yeah. And it has Surveil too, which is sort of an upside, because you may be able to power out your mission briefing. Yeah. And put a sweet card there, or you can just like use it to scry and like, whatever. Well, yeah, it's uh, it's yeah. like Thoughts thought Gower and Snapcaster Mage in one, essentially. Yeah, exactly. Like That that makes it look really good. And when I first saw it, I was like, oh, this is ridiculous. They really pushed this. Um, and then you just, it's just, it's not Snapcaster Mage. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, it's not Snapcaster Mage. No, I, I, I don't, I don't understand the card. Like I just, I don't understand it. Like, I think so many people are getting so excited about this card, and I read it and go, "All right, what? Why? Why?" <laughs> like, yeah, it's, you know, it's the obvious comparison with Snapcaster Mage, but it is not Snapcaster Mage. Correct. Like the two-one body from Snapcaster Mage wins an absolute <clears throat> non-zero amount of games in multiple formats. Yeah, so like like a win condition of so many so many decks is just uh, ambush wiper attack you ten times. Yeah, um, and that's perfectly reasonable. And like, sure. So instead of like you're getting surveil too, I don't think that's an upgrade. No. I just yeah I I I understand why people are excited about this card, but I'm confused why I haven't moved on. <laughs> yeah, I, I I just don't. I just don't know in legitimately other than other than like high tide and legacy like yeah which scenario which like what scenario is this card better than Snapcaster Mage? Uh, I can afford it for my Riku deck in EDH. 
because I can't afford a Snapcaster Mage. Sure. Um, yeah, because yeah, yeah. yeah, sure. You can't play two copies of the Snapcaster Mage in your commander deck. Yeah, fine. Yeah, exactly. It's a pedas. Um, it's just not. It's not like. It, so I can think of. So there are three. There are, there are two places I think this might actually see some play. Yeah. So I think, it, like you said, like High Tide and Legacy. Yeah. It's playing Snapcaster anyway. I think this is probably better than Snapcaster in that deck specifically. Pro- because probably, yeah. Because I'm that that sure. that is a it's a very it's a very specific strategy that wants to do a very specific thing. Yeah, and I think um, no one has ever won a game playing High Tide by attacking with a Snapcaster. Yeah, no, I would agree there. I'm pretty sure that's never happened. <laughs> Um, I think it might be playable in some kind of Pyromancer's Ascension deck in modern. Hmm. Uh, I think possibly. I'll get on in a second to why I think it is unplayable in Storm. <laughs> but I think powering um, uh, Pyromancer's Ascension by surveilling two, and it's not just like a thought scout where you just put two random cards and you get to choose what the cards are. Yeah, that is true. You can you can choose to draw cards. I think I th- I honestly think the mana cost is just a little bit too restricted. Yeah. I think double blue is a problem. Yeah. And I think that's why it's unplayable in Storm. So yeah. I think if this costs one in blue, it would probably be very playable. Because it gets reduced by Goblin Matrimancer and by Borrow. Yeah, definitely. But currently it doesn't. And it costs two blue, which is in a deck where you're producing mostly red mana and you only ever want one blue pick for your spells. It's just, it's too much. Yeah. Um, and I just I don't think this is playable in that deck. I could be completely wrong, and like I, I won't be surprised if people, when this card comes out, start playing it, and we see Storm decks playing four mission briefings. Yeah, and then I think about two weeks later, people will realise it's total crap. I really hope so. Maybe we're just missing something, but this that, card that's, is that's not what so I, good. that's it. Like I feel like I'm just missing something when I read the card. Yeah, like, I genuinely feel like I'm missing something. Like how how. How can this be better than like other than those really specific strategies you mentioned? Like, how can this be better than Snapcaster? It's just not. So the thing with so Snapcaster decks, it is normally the only creature in there. Yeah, and it, it creates this sort of strange. So if you're playing, if you're playing Mono Legacy, you have uh, removal spells in your deck, right? Yeah, because that's just the complexion of the format. You have to have removal spells in your deck, and so when you're playing a deck where the only creature in the deck is Snapcaster Mage it creates difficult sideboarding options for your opponent where they're like, oh, do I keep these hate pushes or have to exile in my deck so I can do with Snapcaster Mage because I might just die to it? Yeah. And stuff like that. Whereas if you're playing Mission Briefing instead, it's like, okay, I don't need any removal spells. My deck can just be as lean as possible to beat the strategy that I'm playing against. Yeah. Um, and the, so most of the decks that want Snapcaster are playing it in conjunction with other creatures where you just you just want some threats. And just having a 2-1 that casts you a Serum Visions from your graveyard is probably great. Yeah. Or like having a, like having a 2-1 that... that um, that just blocks and like chumps a threat yeah. because you're going to die to it or trade with a threat and this doesn't do either of those things and you're just going to be so far behind yeah and it, you're not paying a mono blue bag because why would you pay a mono blue bag yeah um, so casting double blue is it seems prohibitive no I, yeah like, I, just, I just don't get it Even, like obviously the other the other big thing that I've seen noticed that I've noticed people mention is like the fact that you can tar- target a force of will in the graveyard, and so you can cast force of will with its alternative cost. Yeah, I think that's another reason it's great in high tide. <laughs> yeah, in that established tier three point five strategy in legacy. That's it. It's like sure, like the decks that are casting force of will currently, like 
what are you removing from those decks to put mission briefing in instead? Like, are you taking out your snapcaster mages to put in mission briefing? And then those snapcaster (laughs) mages that you won the game with by edging in two damage every now and then, you're now not winning those games. Like, exactly. Or because because you get to cast force of will one one extra time, like. Yeah, like I think I think that interaction was cool. Um, I did. I only noticed it. I only realised it today that you could you can play the alternative cast by pitching a card to Force Will yeah. from your graveyard with Yeah, that's cool because it doesn't actually gain flashbacks. So you don't have to pay the mana cost. Yeah, you can pay. You can pay any kind of cost to pay it. Yeah, and um, it's 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 very yeah. It's like, like it doesn't it doesn't gain flashback. It's that thing that like Jace has as well. Like mm-hmm. uh, if it would be put into your graveyard this turn, excellent instead. So for example, you could cast. Um, you could like, cast a spell, cast a spell, and then like remand it back to your hand, and then it would be back in your hand. Yep. And then you just cast it next turn, so then it goes back in your graveyard rather than exile. So like there are like strange things you can do with that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, yeah, they're, they're, I these are two very different cards, and they fill very different slots. Yeah. And I think this is not comparable to Snapcaster Mage like at all. It's it should not replace Snapcaster Mage in any deck, like unless you're playing. Um, a completely spell-driven deck. You shouldn't be playing this, and there are no there are no completely spell-driven decks that are playing Snapcaster Mage, apart from High Tide. <laughs> um, and I guess ugh, sort of miracles. Yeah, maybe, but, but and like, then you just want you just want the two ones so often. Yeah, because the point of miracles is to not die. Yeah, not like die, not die and like yeah. Him. Make sure your Teferi doesn't die by trump blocking with Snapcaster Mage. Trump blocking on the two or not by surveilling two. Yeah. And looking at the cards you could have had as your opponent quickly murders you. Yeah, and yeah. Yeah, even then, like, you're not gonna. You, you can't cast your miracles for the miracle cost in your graveyard. Like. Yeah. It's not great. No, I, I just don't think it's good. Look, I like, agree. Putting it I out agree. there, like, I don't think this card is good. Yeah, I think that's our, our official podcast stance yeah. on this card. Yeah. This card is I mean, like. Not- Prove absolutely, like, you know, I eat my hat if like somebody proves me wrong. But mm-hmm. until I see it happen, like, I just don't think this card is good. Yeah, I will. I will be surprised. I honestly think it would. It's, a, it's the worst snapcaster mage and snapcaster mage, and it's the worst fork than fork. Like, yeah, yeah. Like that, that's the thing. It's like it's just it's it. I think it sits somewhere between like three dollar interesting rare that someone's gonna play with yeah. and strictly worse than Snapcaster Mage. Like yeah. it sits somewhere between those those two and neither of those are remotely playable in the modern. Yeah. <clears throat> and I mean I mean we haven't talked about it because it's it's probably not a relevant application, but like I don't think this is playable in the standard particularly. No, I don't think so. Because you I mean this would probably be playable in the Paradox of Alchemy, right? But that's rotating out. So Yeah, yeah, PO goes and you're not <laughs> you're not replacing Snapcaster Mage with this in Paradox Mentor on Vintage. Like, you know that's not a thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You so, can't you can't time vault take in infinite turns and beat down with a mission briefing. <laughs> exactly, like it's just it's not not it's not good. No, like the like the only thing you can think of in standard would be like oh it helps with search for scanter because you put more cards in your graveyard so you can transform that faster. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. Sure, that's yeah. not. I mean, like you're not playing this in a cat spell deck. You're not playing this in a mid range deck. You're not playing it in the control deck. No, like this, if this fills a very specific role, and it it, feel, it fills a combo deck role, and the, the combo deck's not one. Yeah, like maybe eventually we will see something like when we get the next two sets. Like maybe yeah. there, there will be like a goblin electromancer got a snipe combo deck. 
Sure, but this doesn't even work that well. Like, honestly, double blue is so prohibitive. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree there, definitely. I think, I think I wouldn't be surprised if at some point during development this card existed as one and a blue. And they thought about it for more than half a second. Like, no, that would be busted. Yeah. Then they made a double blue and it is now unplayable. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably what happened there as well. But I, I mean, I guess we'll see soon enough when they they release the on the card notes. I think it's uh, it is worth noting that this you can't interact with this with graveyard hate. Yes. Because you can't like so with Snapcaster, like when the, when the Snapcaster enters and targets the spell, you can uh, search for the spell that it's targeting. Yeah. You can't you can't do that with this because it casts it as part of the resolution. Yeah. That doesn't make it any better. No. So yeah. This card's bad. <laughs> I agree. Yep. <laughs> cool. I guess we, we'll move on to our, our final card then. Yeah, a card we finally disagree on, I think. Yeah. <clears throat> so our final card is Divine Visitation. Yes. This can be the, the sweetest EDH card in the set. Um, so this is three white-white for an enchantment. If one or more creature tokens uh, would be created under your control, that many four-four white angel creature tokens with flying and vigilance are created instead. Yes. This card sucks. <laughs> I think it has a lot of potential. To do nothing? <laughs> <laughs> no, to make a lot of 4-4 four, four white angel creature tokens, of course. Yeah, I'm, yeah, it's going to be sweet and, you know, token EDH decks. It's going to make loads. I I almost think it's... No, I, I think I'm kind of on the other side of it. Like, I think there is definitely standard application there. Like, whether or not it would be good enough. No, I just you this know. is a 5-mana do-nothing. See, I, I don't think it is necessarily. I think you you want to build your board up. You get to the point where you can do things with it. Like so, I think like the cards that work with it nicely for me. Like obviously, uh, you've got the new uh, Goblin Rebel Master, the Legion War Boss. Mm-hmm. So that t- turns all your one one red Goblin creatures into four four angels, which are pretty good. So that will hopefully be on the field um, by the time you play that card. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also works nicely with uh, Leon and Warleader. Four mana, two white white. Uh, four four. Whenever it attacks, create two one one white cat creature tokens. So instead, it'll be making two four four angels. Mm-hmm. And then it also works very nicely with Lena, Selfless Champion, which yeah. comes down the turn after and makes a one one white soldier <coughs> for each non token creature you control. Which obviously they will be four four angels instead. Uh, all of these things are facts. <laughs> all of the things you've said are true and I do not think that makes a playable card yeah yeah you're tapping out on on turn 5 then standard yeah yeah to, but to do nothing you're not you're not progressing you're not progressing the board state you're not so, so sure you might have a legion war boss yeah <clears throat> and you've tapped out on turn 5 in your I imagine aggressive leaning red deck yeah or your mid range red deck to do nothing to affect your opponent and you make a 4-4 engine instead yeah, that's fine. But I think you're probably winning the game if you're if you're like untapping with a with a war boss on turn five. You're probably doing pretty well for the game anyway. Yeah, probably. And I hate the term win more, but this is probably very win more. It might be. I mean, yeah, it, it might be. Um, I mean, you know, mono white could also just be a thing. Like mono white tokens easily like you've got things like Call the Cavalry like you've got the one from M19 that's Call the Cavalry but a creature uh, mm-hmm. you've got History Banalia and then even like you could play the three mana one from Dominaria as well it gives all your creatures plus one plus one 
Benelish Marshall. Yeah, you could even play that. Like, just make it a mono-white thing, or like Lyra in there as well. Because mm-hmm. Lyra gives all, all of your angels one one in lifelink. Make all yeah, your sure. four angels and five fives. Like, sure, but I mean, on turn five in your mono-white deck, do you want to play Divine Visitation or do you want to play Lyra? Uh, it depends what the board's like, right? Lyra presents a definite threat. Yeah. Um, and the divine visitation doesn't. It prevents that if you're already playing proactive cards, and it makes it makes your proactive cards better. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure that's good enough. I think but we'll see. I I, I think that, I think there's definitely something, something there potentially. Like just the fact mm-hmm. that it, you know, you can play it on curve after you lean and war leader, and attacking with lean and war leader on turn five, and you know making two four four white angels. With I think that are attacking, attacking, it's pretty good. Sure, like I, this is the thing. Like I think all of the all of the examples you're giving are correct. Like, and if you get to pull that off, it's busted and you're going to win the game. Yeah. Um, like ninety percent of the time. But I just don't. I don't think this is the kind of one one thing you want to be doing. Like, I I understand that it's standard. Uh, like, it, it looks like it's going to become a less aggressive format. Yeah. Um, but I just don't think. I, I can't think of a format where tapping out to do nothing was. Good. So, like, so we had the token deck that's now rotating out that was good for like a couple weeks, a month. Yeah. With, with the night procession, and that still wasn't great. Yeah. Because you had you had to tap out and turn four to do it to make an enchantment that didn't do it. Like it does stuff when you tap, but you have to last an entire rotation. And if there's any kind of aggressive deck, you just die. Yeah. And you just lose the game, or you're blocking with your creatures that make the tokens. Like you're just getting attacked, and you have to uh, like yeah. Block your, Lost because you're going to die if you don't yeah. because you didn't you weren't able to cast a removal spell or cast another creature that directly affects the board and yeah. I just think that this card's sweet and I think it's really cool and it has the best flavor text I've seen from the server <laughs> but <laughs> um, yeah I just I, I could be completely wrong but I don't think this is good enough yeah I I, I think it might be mm-hmm. but we, you know, we'll see we'll see time will tell and we'll see but I, yeah, I just I think there's a mono white deck there. Like whether or not it'll be tier one or whatever, like mm-hmm. you know, it might not be. But you know, I did just lose to two decks that were tapping out in turn five to play Liliana's mastery. Oh yeah, absolutely. Sure, like, but I think I think the difference between this and Liliana's mastery is that Liliana's mastery like kind of does something to the board. I guess so. Yeah, it does make like it, it make it the zombies. It turns your two twos into three threes. Yeah, and that that adds that reduces your clock. That adds to the board. Yeah. Whereas this does nothing. It's like, now our next turn, I'm going to do something nuts. I'm going to cast a mark from all the and kill you. Yeah, I guess, yeah. I mean, you are right that it does It does rely on you having having those other creatures that make tokens when they attack. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I just think those, those cards are good enough by themselves to win the game. Yeah, quite possibly. Uh, now, so the two things, I, I'm going to read the flavor text because it is sweet. <laughs> <laughs> the angels appreciate the offer, but politely decline to eat any birdseed. <laughs> Uh, and the art is great. It's like a slightly disgruntled-looking angel at the front, yeah. surrounded by little birds that are allowed to rats turn into angels. It's great, <laughs> <laughs> which is really cool. Now, how does this work with doubling season type effects? Right. So, uh, yes. because it's a replacement effect. Yeah. So if I create a one-one goblin and I have a doubling season play. Yeah. I just make two two angels instead, right? Uh, yes. There isn't some kind of nonsense where I make I've made two goblins and therefore make three angels because I've got two goblins like that. No, I, that I, yeah, I don't think so. I think you just make two angels. I mean, we'll, we'll see when the when the release notes come out, but I think yeah, yeah, because uh, yeah. if, if that like, yeah. 
I, I wasn't sure if that, if that was how it worked because you're making two tokens initially that then get replaced by angels, so you make more angels than you were going to make tokens initially. Yeah. No, because no, so no, I, I, I feel like that would would that not just go like infinite with itself? Yeah, no, I've said out loud. It's yeah. really dumb. <laughs> <laughs> so I think in my head, like, oh man, that could be really cool. That might be how it works. And now that I've actually said it out loud to another human being, yeah, that sounds completely wrong. My bad. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I I want to be wrong because I want this kind of card to be good. That'd yeah. be really cool, but I don't think it is. I I I'm, I'm willing to give it the benefit of the doubt. I think like I. I I think there's a lot of potential there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, especially when you've got like uh, the convoke spell as well. March of the Yeah, March of the Multitudes, mm-hmm. making a load of angels at instant speed. Yeah, I mean that that like that's like then treat the angels, right? Yeah. Um, but um, I, I know it's a, it is it's a reach, but I, I don't know. I guess I, I don't really, I don't know why I want the card to be good, but I, I do. I just want it to be good. I think. I mean, I think I think. You just like standard formats where cards that look terrible on the surface are actually very playable. Yeah. <clears throat> like, I think we're all sort of slightly surprised when uh, Approach the Second Sim was playable. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Like, when it, when we first saw that deck, we were like, really? That card that doesn't do anything? Yeah. Like, and I think that there's, there's a reasonable comparison to be drawn with Approach the Second Sim. It's the fact that Approach the Second Sim, um, you're playing in an entirely controlled deck. Yeah. Um, and you're not trouble. Whereas this deck, Whereas a deck with Divine Visitation wants you to be proactive. Yeah. Once you already have creatures and tokens in your deck. And then Approach the Second Sim gained you 7 life, but gave you a turn. Yeah, that was it. Game. I think with like Approach, like it didn't really matter like when you cast it as well, because you knew like mm-hmm. you, know, you kind of just want to control the game, and then you get to the point where you can cast it, knowing fine well that you can just draw it the next turn with your like, Supreme Verdicts and your... So Supreme Wills and your um, like search for scanners and stuff. Yeah, uh, or your, your rivulets if you're playing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, like, whereas this just doesn't, you, you play it and your opponent has an entire turn to do whatever the hell they want. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, I hope I'm wrong because it'd be really cool to see this kind of deck work, but oh, I'd be surprised. Yeah, we'll see. Um, uh, yeah, I think you. I think you definitely made some some good arguments there, but. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, hope, yeah, keeping the faith strong for a divine visitation. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what happens. Sure. Happens. Cool. So I think that's about all we have time for this week. Um, if you want to hit us up on social media, tell us how wrong we are, like tell us which cards that you think are pretty cool from the set. Uh, are you still just not over the fact that they are finally reprinting Shocklands and it's going to be great for everybody? Uh, mm-hmm. Is Omniscience going to be playable thanks to Compromaticon and Gilded Lotus? Like, <laughs> get at us, get in touch. Hit us up on our Twitter, we are at HFDcast or Facebook.com slash HFDcast. You can get me on my personal Twitter, that is at PeachGardenOaf, that is O for Feneth. Uh, on Facebook, just Joe Loudon. Like, I'm probably one of the, like, I don't know, there's probably like only a handful of Joe Loudons in the world. Uh, I'm most likely going to be the only one posting in all, like, all the MTG groups. I've not actually checked, maybe there's like loads of you. Maybe. I've never <coughs> checked either. Maybe I should. I mean, anytime everyone sees my name, they get really excited because it's the name of that actor from Jurassic Park. Yeah. <laughs> and they just they just share that one Jurassic Park gif of Sam Neill taking his glasses off and looking into the distance. And it's really, really funny every time, and I'm not sick of it at all. Yeah. Because they do, in fact, move in herds. Oh. Uh, yeah, if you want to follow me on Facebook, that, that's my name. It's not <laughs> the correct way. Um, <laughs> or you can follow me on Twitter at um, Sneal69. Nice. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, just just talking about magic. That's what I want to do. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. So, so again, we are approaching the second hour. Uh, the God Pharaoh has returned. So we'll see you again next week on Hour of Devastation.